Hey, I'm Michael Wood, lead pastor at First West. Thank you so much for joining us today. Here in just a second, we're gonna dive into God's word and to see what it says about who he is, about who we are, and about the hope that can be found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that today God's word will encourage you, it'll challenge you, and it'll allow you to see that no matter where we find ourselves, there's always hope because of Jesus Christ. So let's dig in and see what God has for us today in his word. Hey, I'm Justin Clark. I have the privilege of serving as the campus pastor out at the Fairbanks campus. And uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Michael asked if we could switch today. It had been a while since he had had the opportunity to be out at Fairbanks and to, to get to preach to, to that group. And he asked if I would come here today. And I am so delighted to be here. What a neat opportunity to be one church in three locations. Certainly as we work through these minor prophets. Summer in the minors, season two. And so my, um, my task today is to open with you the book of Habakkuk. And perhaps you're like me, and you don't just have that one already marked. And so this is your head start. Um, uh, Cole had already given us his page number earlier. Um, I'll tell you, my page number is 1061. That's probably not going to help you a lot, but you, you go ahead and open to the book of Habakkuk. And we're going to um, we're gonna work through this together this morning. I'm excited about being here, and I hope that you are too. I'll tell you, a couple of months ago, we were in a meeting, a staff meeting, um, up in the celebration room, which I think is that way. Um, it's up on the second floor, and we were leaving the celebration room and walking back towards our offices, which are on the other side of the building. We were walking together, kind of a group of us going, and one of, our, our, one of another staff member of ours, um, as we were walking, said, Justin, when are you going to come and preach at the West Monroe campus? I was like, well, I don't know. I don't really make that schedule. You know, eventually uh, the, the schedule will line up to where we can, we can work that out, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. And she said, and I quote, well, I am so excited about that, Justin, because you're just, and I quote, down to earth. And I went, I think I'm supposed to say thank you, but I think you may have just called me simple. <laughs> and so my job today, I, I had this all laid out. You know, here we go. We're going to jump into Habakkuk, and I'm going to do the very best I can to preach to you what is a down-to-earth message and then early this morning, I got a, a message in our leadership group saying, hey, the chiller for the worship center is not working great. And then the next message, hey, the chiller in the worship center may not be working at all, but they're working on it. It may be warm in the worship center. So here I am to say, I'm here to deliver a down-to-earth message out of the book of Habakkuk, but even out at Fairbanks, we got air conditioning. <laughs> Come on. Hey, so our job today is to lend ourselves, to deliver ourselves, to put ourselves into a posture as we have come out of this time of worship and in this time of celebration of saying, Lord, what do you want to say? What is the truth that you want to reveal to us through a book that probably, if we were honest, many of us are not overly familiar with? Well, I can say that I'm excited about preaching out of the book of Habakkuk. And so I hope that you have found that by now. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump in. We're going to cover all four bases this morning out of Habakkuk. Father God, we love you. We're thankful that through um, our worship, we have had the chance to put maybe into words through these songs what many of us would struggle to find the words to say about how much we love you, how much we need you, how dependent upon you that we are. And Father, we recognize today that out of all the people in this room, almost every one of us came in with some kind of baggage. We all came in with something in our wheelbarrow. 
We all came in with something that we're carrying. And today, Father, I don't want any of that to get in our way from hearing from you. And so, Jesus, would you hide any burden that we came in with? Would you hide any distraction? Father, would you even hide me? Would you hide me behind the shadow of the cross today? And let your words be really clear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, so you guys are more familiar with some of the minors uh, than I am. I have only been the campus pastor out at Fairbanks since October. My wife, Alicia, and our three children, Tristan, Gracie, and Jed, um, we're all five here today because of the way kids camp and everything, and so I'm thankful that they are here with me this morning. We have served out in um, the Sterlington Fairbanks area since October, and uh, shortly after I got here, they told me about last summer, summer in the minors one, they got through the first six of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. We started planning. Some are in the minors too. And here we are in the book of Habakkuk. And we're using the baseball idea. And so we're going to cover all four bases this morning. If you have a listener guide, that's kind of spelled out for you. And we're going to start with the background information in first base. But one thing that we do at all three of our campuses every week is we try to, from the very beginning of the message, Start with a central idea that we can all come back to when we leave, a main idea. If you were to miss everything else, what is the one thing that I'd want you to hear this morning as we look at Habakkuk together? And here it is. So you can write this on your your note-taking sheet. The main idea this morning is as we search for answers, we can trust that God is accomplishing his purposes. As we search for answers in our life, as we search for answers in our circumstances, As we search for answers in our businesses, in our schools, in our sports teams, in all of the areas of life that you find yourself, we can trust as Christ followers that God is accomplishing his purposes. And it occurred to me this week, as we think about even the way that I've worded that, as we search for answers, as we seek God, the God of the universe, for answers from him that only he can deliver. You can't, you can't search for answers without asking questions. And so that is ideal because that's exactly what the book of Habakkuk is. It's only three chapters, and in the first two chapters, what you have is Habakkuk asking God two questions. And God then provides him two answers. And in the third chapter, what we see is this beautiful prayer that we'll get to in a couple of moments together. So let's talk background information. Most of us probably would admit we don't know a lot about the context of the book of Habakkuk and even the person. And so I try to break these down in really practical thought processes that I can kind of encapsulate and start to process through. So let's talk about the person. The person of Habakkuk is labeled in the first verse, the pronouncement that the prophet Habakkuk saw. This is the opening idea, and it labels who we're talking about. The prophet's name means to embrace or to caress. And, of course, you're familiar with that in the biblical context. Names meant something. They weren't accidental. They weren't just what was popular. They named people providentially what would be important for the way that God would use them. And Habakkuk is no exception to caress a tender touch in the middle of very difficult times. The book gives no personal information about the man himself except to say that he prayed courageously to God and that he was a prophet. He was seen in that category. Habakkuk was a person of great faith and great courage that even in our modern times and with everything going on in the world today that we all face together, we can look to to see Jesus in the middle. 
He was willing to test the actual experiences of his life and the life of Judah and look at those experiences through the lens of the law that they lived under and the theological filter of who Yahweh had called them to be. In the middle of everything going crazy, Habakkuk looked to God for answers. And as we think about our lives today, as we think about the circumstances and situations that we face, I want us to see a very similar approach. So what is the interaction? What is the interchange that goes on? I kind of said earlier, there's a series of questions. Most of the time when we're talking about a prophet, the relationship between the man himself and the people was he was delivering the message of God to the people. Think about how many times throughout the Old Testament you hear the words, you hear the phrase, the Lord says. If you're a King James person, it may even say, thus saith the Lord. You see this this prophet, the, the man on the wall, the watchman on the wall, looking out in this protective mode, saying, how can I warn the people or how can I communicate with the people the message that the Lord has for them? But that is not what we find in Habakkuk. As a matter of fact, we find the exact opposite. The prophet Habakkuk, instead of taking the message of the Lord to the people, takes the concern of the people to the Lord. And so from the opening moment, what you see is Habakkuk being a man that would come before a holy God and boldly proclaim the things that were on his heart and the hearts of the people. And this morning, while I don't want to get ahead of myself, I want to reassure you today, church, that we serve a God that is big enough for you to take your doubts, your concerns, your needs, and your worries to him, and he can handle it. And in our world today, we all recognize the importance of that. The context of the book of Habakkuk is important. Habakkuk's message is set within the backdrop of real people facing real questions about real human suffering. Habakkuk was a contemporary of the prophets Jeremiah, of the prophet Nahum, and the prophet Zephaniah. And one commentator put it like this, Habakkuk's ministry probably revolved around the two most significant events in the last quarter of the 7th century B.C. in the history of the ancient Near East. The fall of Nineveh to a coalition of the Medes and Babylonians and the establishment of Babylon as the greatest power of the region. Habakkuk ministered during a time and a season where great shifts were happening in who, this is how I put it all the time, the big dog on the porch was. You see, up until this point, the Assyrians, and you will remember even last week as we were in the prophet Nahum, the Assyrians were the power of the world stage. Even from a historical perspective, we see them as being who was in control and who was in charge. They were the strongest military force, but we are on the brink now of the Assyrians starting to lose their grasp of the military force and the Babylonians rising to power. And soon there would come a day when the Babylonians would overtake the city of Nineveh. They would overtake the capital of the Assyrians. And then eventually they would even intersect the story of God's people, Israel. And so we move from first base in the, um, inside of the background information and we round the corner of the second base into the biblical observations. This is where we look into the book of Habakkuk and ask God, what is it that you want us to see? What was going on inside of real life circumstances and how can we understand that better? I wanna make two observations for us this morning. And so under second base, biblical observations, I wanna make two observations for us. No, the first one is this. 
a hearty conversation concerning difficult days. That's what we see in chapters 1 and 2. A hearty conversation concerning difficult days. When we say hearty, you may even want to think heavy. This was a troubling situation. There was a lot going on there. And the people were having to deal with issues and situations that they had never faced before. And Habakkuk was there to be a guide for them and to even be a voice, a mouthpiece for them to a holy God in the middle of the concerns. Habakkuk asked the why questions. As a matter of fact, if you look in verses 2 through 4 of chapter 1, you see Habakkuk coming before the Lord. He says, how long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen? I'll cry out to you about violence and you do not save. Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective and justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous and therefore justice comes out perverted. The situation that existed inside of Israel at this time was not good. Things were going poorly. And Habakkuk realized that. And so his first cry out to the Lord is one of, God, what's happened? Your chosen people aren't living the way that you've called them to. The people that are called by your name, holy God, have become corrupt. They're not following your law. They're not interested in doing the things that you've called them to do. Why is this? He says, God, what are you going to do about this? The people that are called by your name aren't living like they're called by your name. Hey, can I just hit a timeout right here? That ought to sound familiar. Right, church? That ought to seem like something that would resonate maybe with us as well. Because in context and in situation, we would say, God, we live in a situation, we live in a context, we live in a scenario where we're called by your name. But way too much of the time, we spend all of our resources, we spend all of our energy, we spend all of our traction chasing things that are not you. So God, help us to focus on you. Habakkuk makes this cry to the Lord in verses 2 through 4 of chapter 1. And God gives Habakkuk an answer in 5 through 11, verses 5 through 11 of chapter 1. And ultimately, God's answer is, he says, Habakkuk, you're right. He says, things are not going well and my people are not living like they should. The law is perverted, injustice reigns, and the priests are not doing their job. He says, you're right, things are bad. He says, but listen, trust me, I have a plan. I'm going to use the pagan nation of the Babylonians who are fixing to rise to power, and I'm going to use them as the club in my hand. I'm going to use them as a pawn to do my bidding. I'm going to use them to accomplish my will. Hey, listen, can I just ask a real serious question from us right now? How many of us have ever come to a place in our lives where we finally got in that place? Listen to me. We're finally right here with God. And we're saying, God, here is the problem. Here is what I perceive. God, here's what I see all around me. Here is my question of you. And then God looks back at us and he responds and we go, what's plan B? I don't like that one. See, that's exactly what Habakkuk did. God answered him. He said, I have a plan. You're right. Things are not going good in Israel. But I have a plan to how I'm going to accomplish my will in the middle of that. You need to trust me in the middle. 
Habakkuk asks a second question then. He essentially says, why use them? They're worse than we are. And then in in chapter 2, verses 2 all the way through 20, God responds that judgment is coming, and although Habakkuk can't see it, God has a plan that never rewards the wicked. He essentially gets to a place of saying, I'm going to take care of the Babylonians. You trust me. Church, I would tell you the same thing today. It's not the Babylonians anymore, but it's whatever burdens you're carrying. It's whatever problems you're staring down the barrel of. God knows those issues. And he's telling us today as his children, I'm going to take care of them. You trust me. I'm going to take care of the situations in your life. You trust me. I'm going before you. You trust me. There'll be times when you don't understand what's going on. You trust me. Secondly, the second observation in chapter 3 is a heartfelt prayer. A heartfelt prayer to a faithful God. You see, Habakkuk has a total posture and perspective change. He goes from being in a position where he's saying, God, everything is going wrong. What are you going to do to saying, God, you are the king of the universe and I will trust you. As a matter of fact, the posture of praise and thankfulness is recorded in verse 2. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Old Testament. It reads this, Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Now, this is the same person that moments earlier was questioning God about his faithfulness and what he would do to the problems that were in the land. And now Habakkuk stands being reminded that God is bigger than we think he is. I stand in awe of your deeds, Habakkuk writes. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. And in your wrath, remember mercy. In verses 3 through 7, it references God's deliverance of his people from Egypt. And we see a beautiful picture there of the faithfulness of God in the past, the faithfulness of God in the present, and then the trust that we can have in the faithfulness of God moving into the future. Brothers and sisters, we can trust him. And then it gets to the very end. It's like Habakkuk has had time to come to understand He's had time, a minute, to come to a place and a position of recognizing where he is. In verse 17, starting in 17 and reading through 19, it says, Though the fig tree, this is Habakkuk praying, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. In the middle of the situation, Habakkuk came back to a place of saying, God, I will trust you. And that brings us to third base. Because in every one of these minor prophet Old Testament books, we want to see where is Jesus in the middle of that? Where do we see Jesus? And so we're looking at a gospel revelation. And Habakkuk puts a bullseye on the centrality of faith in the life of Christ followers for us. Look back at chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, look, his ego is inflated. He is without integrity. But the righteous one will live by faith. The New Testament writers then take this idea that Habakkuk sets out in chapter 2 and repeats it. Paul does in Romans and in Galatians. And the author of Hebrews does in chapter 10 of that book. And even taking that out of Romans and thinking that through a little bit, a passage that we absolutely all have heard. 
Romans 3.23 and following, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we're justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And so how do we receive this gift of Jesus who becomes justified, who justifies us from our sin and redeems us by his blood? How do we become the recipients of the wrath of God in our place? Jesus being the wrath of God in our place. And that verse says to be received by faith. And that's what Habakkuk lays out. You need to come out to save your people. Um, God is telling Habakkuk in verse 13 and verse 18 again that he will reign victorious, that he will be able to accomplish what he set out to do. What we see God do in Jesus is in tune with how he worked in the Old Testament. He's moving from one position to another, but his faithfulness never changes. And even today, we can stand in awe of that. We can stand in confidence in that. That his faithfulness yesterday can be seen as faithfulness today in our lives. He delivers his people from their biggest needs. And this ultimately happens through the very person of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And then we make that corner at third and we're heading for home. And we try to apply this into our lives. So as a home base, we call life application. I want to give you three ideas just real quickly, just three one sentences of life application as we start to wrap this up together. As we think about the need for faith in our lives, as we think about the changing situations that we face in our world, in our society, in our culture, as we think about the need to trust in Jesus more than ever before, Resting on the truth that he has shown in the past, but recognizing because he was faithful yesterday, because he's faithful today, he will be faithful tomorrow. How do we respond to what God is doing in our lives? Number one, in every changing circumstance, I can look to a never-changing God. In ever-changing circumstance, I can look to a never-changing God. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you know that this morning, that as things happen, listen to me. Things will happen. That's part of life. Being a Christ follower doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to you. Being a Christ follower means that in the middle of bad things happening, Jesus is there. And so in the middle of things that are going haywire, what we see in Habakkuk is that in the middle of ever-changing circumstances, I can look to a never-changing God. I hope that you have that confidence in your life today. Second life application, looking to God's faithfulness in the past positions me to navigate my present. When I look backwards at my life, my experiences, my situations, and I see what God did in the middle of my best days and my worst days gives me confidence going forward that in the days to come, I can trust him and I should. And lastly, this morning, God's character drives me to choose joy in all circumstances. God's character drives me to choose joy in all circumstances. We see that in Habakkuk. He gets to the end. You see the first two chapters are full of him asking these big, tough questions of God and then receiving these answers back from him. But we get to chapter 3 and the posture changes. Habakkuk goes from a position of saying, God, everything seems like it's going wrong. What are you going to do about? Habakkuk gets to a place where he says, God, I don't understand everything that's going on but I'll trust you in the middle of it. I don't understand what's going on, but I will follow you in the middle of it. I will praise you 
even when I can't see the road ahead of me. So this morning, I'm just going to ask that you take a posture of prayer, bow your heads, um, come into a place of thinking through how do we respond to a message like the one we find in Habakkuk. What do we do with that? How, how, do we, how do we integrate that truth into our lives in a way that is not only meaningful, but that makes us different when we go to work tomorrow, makes it different when we see our friends, when we're with our families? How do we live in such a way that brings honor and glory to him in the middle of the circumstances? And what I see in Habakkuk is that when we search for answers, we can trust that God is accomplishing his purpose. And guys, my prayer for us today, my prayer for you, my prayer for me is that we come to a place of responding to the truth found in God's word, even in passages, even in books like Habakkuk, where we can ask questions of ourselves like, is that true of me today? Is that true of me today? Am I standing in a place when I search for answers that I trust God is accomplishing his purpose in my life? Is that true of you? Are you trusting in God's purposes and plan for your life? Maybe today, maybe today you're not. This is where in an attitude of prayer, just in a position of prayer, maybe today you're not trusting in God's faithfulness. You're not trusting in God's truth. You're not trusting in God's plan. Because the truth of the matter is, is if you were just honest, if it was just me and you talking, we were just sitting over coffee, just like Evan was talking about earlier, you'd say, I don't have that kind of faith. I don't have that kind of relationship. I'm not there. And if that's you today, I want you to hear me very clearly. It can be. It can be today. And that can be you in that baptistry because your life has been changed by the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you can walk by faith from this day forward. In a few minutes, I'm going to pray. And there's going to be some pastors up here at the front that will be here to talk to you, to pray with you. There will be people in the connect room that can talk to you that would be delighted to tell you more about what it means to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hey, but listen, I recognize that for many of us today, for many of us today, we've made that decision. We are following Jesus. He is our Lord and our Savior. But we come face to face with the truths of Habakkuk and have to ask tough questions of our own relationship with Jesus in our lives. Are you looking to Jesus no matter what is happening in the world? And let's be honest, there are some things happening. Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you looking to him? Are you walking in faith even when you can't see the road ahead? And then lastly, and this is the hardest one for me, and so maybe this is you, and my part's done, I promise. No matter what's going on in your life, are you clinging to joy because of who God is? Let me ask you one more time because I'm admitting I struggle with this one. This is hard. No matter what's going on in your life, are you clinging to joy because of the character of God and who He is in your life? I challenge you this morning. I challenge us this morning walk in the goodness of God, exuding the joy of our salvation. Father God, we love you. We're thankful for books just like Habakkuk that challenge us, that bring us to a place of um, making us ask tough questions. And Father, by your grace and in your mercy, even as hearts are being wooed by the Holy Spirit, would you give us confidence in stepping out for you 
We love you, and we're thankful for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We hope, again, that you were uh, encouraged by what God had to say for you and for your life. I just want to extend an invitation for you today. Maybe today you realize that you need Jesus in your life. Maybe today you just need to take that next step in your spiritual walk, or maybe you've got a spiritual need. And I want you to know that we would love to come alongside you and serve you any way that we can. Feel free to reach out to us at firstwest.cc, or you can call the church, 318-322-5104. And we would love to help you in what God is doing in your life. Have a great day.